From Georgia Public Broadcasting, this is On Second Thought. I'm Virginia Prescott. If art is supposed to start conversations, then seeing Noonan is working. The project mounted 19 large-scale photographs of residents on buildings around Noonan in Coweta County. It's home to about 33,000 people who don't all look or think alike, which kicked up a fuss over who belongs there and a swift counter-response. I feel like it shows just how much Noonan has changed over the years. If more people would open their minds, as other cultures do, and go by what's actually out there in front of them and ask questions, like we wouldn't have as much conflict in the world. Those are voices from Seeing Noon, in a video about the installation by photographer Mary Beth Meehan, who joins me now from Providence, Rhode Island. Hello. Hi, Virginia. Hi. Thank you for having me. Well, thanks for being here. Give us a little background, though. You were invited in 2015 by Art Res to take photos of the people around town. You've done projects like that in your hometown, Brockton, Massachusetts, and in Providence. Why do you think they invited you to this southern town? Well, you know, I've been really inspired by the work of a scholar named Sarah Lewis, who talks a lot about... the power of the aesthetic encounter. Like if you make work, particularly photography, that's really powerful, a viewer could stand in front of that work and be moved. You know, their heart could crack open in a way that allows for an idea of a world that might be different than their own, you know? And so I've been playing with large scale banners in urban environments to sort of jolt people out of their you know, their everyday routine. And the people from Noonan, somewhat a person from the art residency and a person from the University of West Georgia saw the work and went back. And I received an email saying, you know, we think people are living in their own little bubbles in our town and they don't really know how to reach out of those bubbles and connect. And we think your work might have the power to help help that happen. And so we started a series of conversations that ended in me going to Noonan for the first time in 2016 and working there for the next three years. So, jolt you did. <laughs> you ended up with 19 portraits of a variety of people, soldier, veteran, farmer, descendants of old Noonan families, and just regular folks. Uh, how did you choose who to photograph? Well, in every project, I do a lot of research to figure out the history of a place and how the history comes to bear on the present for people who are in the community and their experiences. But mostly, I just spend hundreds of hours talking and listening to people. And, you know, unlike the people in Noonan who may be living in their little bubbles, not able to reach out beyond them, I am just a free floater. And I, you know, I spend hours in homes and churches and community centers and stores talking to people about this question of visibility and of togetherness. And so one person would lead to another and you need to talk to the the class of 54 who graduated from the all-black high school and raised their kids during segregation. You need to go to one of the Spanish churches. You need to go to this new taqueria. And so, I mean, and then there's the joy of, you know, Pastor Rufus Smith shows up in this gorgeous plum-colored velvet jacket and I'm able to chase him down and say, oh my God, you're so beautiful. Could I make a portrait of you? So it's a balancing act between research and the spark and the people who are open to me who I feel a connection to. And the first two were mounted in the spring. How big are they exactly? Well, the biggest one is a picture of Cliff and Monique who preside over the Farmer Street Cemetery, possibly the largest cemetery of enslaved Africans in the South. That banner is 38 feet wide. Mm -hmm. Um, Most of them are about 14 to 20 feet. 
The others are in the town square. And there's the one showing two young Muslim women yeah. that really set things off. One person complained to the University of West Georgia where it was mounted. What was his complaint exactly? His complaint was that this picture did not represent Noonan. And um, I'm being generous by sparing you the profanity and the ugliness of the conversation that ensued from his complaint, but that, you know, that the United States was a Christian country and that why don't we remember 9-11 and why doesn't this liberal New Englander who's doing all these pictures go back home? What was amazing was after an initial piling on of that kind of voice, the people of Noonan really reached out and really defended those young women and started to talk about the Constitution, started to talk about freedom of religion, started to talk about the kind of community that they want to be. And I think the reason why I'm so proud of this project and why people in Noonan are proud is that these conversations were happening. They weren't about who voted for whom or what political party people belong to. It was about a bigger conversation about how we move forward as a community with disparate voices, but with respect and inclusion. And and people really, I mean, the, the voices in defense of those young women and of them practicing Islam soundly overwhelmed the negative voices. Yeah, it really is something. I, I looked at the post. He, first, he posted the number to call to complain on Facebook, about 1,100 replies, with right. pretty quickly, it looks like, from, from the dates and times on them. Um, yeah, it's a firestorm. Uh, it, it was a firestorm, and it yeah. got super ugly super fast. I mean, there are a lot of anti-Muslim memes, uh, accusations yeah. of rednecks, words I can't say on the radio. Right. I'm, I'm going to just um, share a couple of them. Thanks for the number. I called to support the artist, her portraits, and thank her and make a donation. Uh, another one, I live, work, and play, and most importantly, drink and vote in Noonan. I'm proud of the representation and diversity in these photographs. Another, looks like I found the clan members of Noonan. Um, others, the Koran says to kill nonbelievers. Remember 9-11. Uh, response, Christians wear white sheets and murdered many innocent blacks. Some right here in Noonan. Know your history. Every slave owner was a Christian. Should we still fear y'all? Jesus hated people like y'all. He was about love. It really, what did it feel like for you? I mean, witnessing, uh, uh, first the response. And, and, and did you wonder at one point, like, are people going to stick up for this? Well, it all happened so fast. And I think that, you know, I, I, I want to point out that nobody can go to a town like Noon and, and launch a project of this size without incredible community buy-in. So there were so many people, you know, from the city of Noonan to the city council to private people who, who supported this work, the building owners who allowed us to put a banner of 20 feet on their, on their building. So there was already an enormous um, core of support. So when this firestorm happened, I mean, what we all did was sit on our fingers and not reply mm-hmm. on, and watch it play out. And quickly, when those voices started rolling in in support, we thought, oh, my God, we've done something really important here. And the fact that this is all happening is why we did this project in the first place. I'm speaking with the writer and the award-winning photographer and artist, Mary Beth Meehan. Her large-scale portraits of a diverse mix of residents of Noonan, Georgia, is called Seeing Noonan. Uh, also, a number of posts that look like this. She need to go back where she come from, <laughs> which uh, tells you all you might need to know. People were threatening to pull it down. And, and I'm wondering for you, like, had you 
worked in the South? Had you spent time in the South before this project? I'd never spent any time in the South except for visiting a friend in Atlanta once many years ago. And, you know, when I received the invitation, it it has been a push-pull since the beginning. You're an outsider. You haven't been conditioned the way we've been conditioned here. We think you'll see this community possibly more authentically than we see it. At the same time that there was this push to say, are you going to make us all look racist? Mm. Are you coming down here with your northern liberal beliefs to, to, you know, to shove us into the categories that you already preconceived. So that push-pull informed the project all the way up to today. How about the two young women? How did they respond to this criticism? Amazingly, you know, when the firestorm happened, I called them, worried about them, and they said, oh, we knew this was going to happen. We, you know, we spoke about this with our family, and we decided that we wanted to be public. We wanted to represent ourselves and be part of this project and this dialogue. So they knew better than I did what to expect, and they and they weathered it accordingly. And I think the net result for them, they've had old teachers and old friends reach out to them and support so I think the net result for them has been positive and, and has moved things forward in noon in that little bit. Well, you said when this firestorm happened, but what what have been the conversations since then? Uh, you said people are talking, you know, reaching out to each other. What do you mean? How are they meeting and what are they talking about? It's been so amazing. You know, at the launch, the launch of the project, you know, uh, an official at the University of West Georgia said this is the most, he used the word integrated, this is the most integrated group, the largest and most integrated group we've ever had here. And people, for example, uh, two women who I know were listening together, who a black woman and a white woman who had never met before started, who, they're listening right now, um, started a monthly luncheon group to bring black and white women together to talk about their experiences and to understand how these are the experiences that we had growing up in Noonan that that are similar, but because of race and the racial structure that we were born into, these are the experiences that we've had that were different. And and we want to talk about that now. We want to understand that now. So this group is meeting monthly. Um, there has been support for the cemetery that I mentioned earlier, thanks to the banner. Um, Right now in September, I'll be there. We're going to be doing some focus, private focus groups in homes because, you know, city officials, educators, pastors, private figures are wanting to launch a series of public forums for people to come together and talk about, you know, why why is Noonan's history? Why do we celebrate the old white founders of Noonan, but the black history of the town is less visible? How do we talk about what, you know, I've heard people call hush up history. You know, we don't want to talk about slavery. We don't want to talk about Jim Crow. But so many in the community say, unless we can have public conversations about that without rancor and blame, unless we can really understand the experiences that we've all had in this community, then we will be stuck in our bubbles. And this project will have been a feel good thing with no real concrete outcome. So I'm happy that, again, a person like me cannot show up in a town like Noonan and demand that they have public forums. The fact that this is all coming from the community, I'm there to, I'll be there to support that and help facilitate it through the end of next year when the banners come down. Yeah. Actually, June of next year. June 1st next year. But when you're talking, it makes me think about the question of who belongs. That's such a big yeah. question in America today. I mean, look at the manifesto of the El Paso shooter, you know, wanting to stop an right. invasion. How, right. how, how does 
an art installation figure into that question? Well, going back to Sarah Lewis, this um, educator whom I mentioned at the beginning, she talks and writes eloquently about this idea of representational justice. Just because the public-facing history that's celebrated of a town like Noonan is of the old white people, it doesn't mean that all of these other human beings haven't been integral to that place's founding and development. So when you take 19 banners that are 20, 30 feet and include, you know, the wealthy son of the mill owner and the mill worker, the 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 daughter of a founder, you know, of an a granddaughter of an early founder, and a woman who's a who was a domestic, a recent Mexican immigrant, two young Muslim women who were born in the county, and and putting putting all of those faces on an equal playing field just visually, is sort of radical because. These places have not been defined in that kind of egalitarian way with every voice and every participant equally represented. Okay. (laughs) Sorry, I've got to wrap up. Writer and award-winning photographer Mary Beth Meehan, thank you so much. It's really great to talk with you. Thank you so much for having me, Virginia. I hope to see you in Noonan soon. Well, she's a photographer behind Seeing Noonan, an installation of large format portraits now mounted on buildings there. And we've got a link to a video about the project, as well as to her blog with descriptions of all the participants in her process in Noonan. That's all at gpbnews.org. Well, you can always join the conversation. What do you think on our Facebook group, GPB Radio's On Second Thought? Does it sometimes take somebody from outside of your bubble to change the way you think about the inner bubble? We're also on Twitter at OST Talk. Coming up, actor and comedian Scott Adsit brings his sense of humor and improv skills to Dad's Garage in Atlanta. He stopped by on Second Thought First. That's coming up first. We're going to hear about toxic masculinity and the price that pays.